My name is Jay Terrio, and you are listening to the Salam Podcast, a podcast created to bring us back home to ourselves. For today's episode, I want to start off with a very simple grounding meditation by Eckhart Tolle. This meditation is designed to help us get in touch with our inner sense of aliveness. If you can't, close your eyes if you're in a space where you might be driving and listening, or maybe you're at work and you might look funny if your eyes are closed. While we're doing this exercise, it might be beneficial to just tap into your breath and get really present with your breathing. If you can close your eyes, let's go ahead and close them. And we're going to hold out our left hand. We're going to hold it out in front of us. Palm up. Eyes closed. And I want you to just allow yourself to feel the existence of your hand. Can you feel the weight of it? Can you feel the tips of your fingers? Now, without touching anything, without moving your hand, and without looking at your hand, How can you know that your hand is still there? Keep those eyes closed and keep feeling that hand. If you really ground down into your body, you'll start to notice a warmth and a tingling in the palm of your hand, on the inside of your hand. That right there is your aliveness. That is proof of your existence. That is proof of your life. Now bring your hand back in And let's move our attention to the rest of our body and maybe play with that somewhere else in our body. Let's go inward. Let's keep our eyes closed and let's allow ourselves to feel our heart. Our heart isn't a body part that we can, you know, like our hand, wiggle our fingers and and move it around. But it's there and it's beating and we know that it's beating. But how do we know that? If we keep our eyes closed and if we really tune into our heart, we can feel the heat 
Feel the energy. And we can feel the drumming of it. The pitter-patter, the song. Let's take our attention from our heart and move it more vaguely from the inside of our body, expanding this like orb of energy outward. Imagining like this aura of energy surrounding our entire body, adding more and more body parts until there is a whole us captured in this light. Let this warmth and this heat from our heart radiate outward, growing and growing. Feel the energy expanding. Let it expand until it embraces every single cell of you until you melt into oneness with the universe. In this moment, we are simultaneously grounded in ourselves and grounded in the infinite connectedness of our universe. When you're ready and when you are feeling that aliveness radiating, feel free to wiggle your fingers and toes and come back fully into your body and into this moment. And you can open those eyes. Today is my birthday, my 27th birthday to be exact. I'm actually recording right now at the exact time I was birthed onto this chaotically beautiful planet. It's interesting to me to think about my 27 years of life and all the things I have endured, experienced, and expressed. You know, I've dreamed dreams big enough to lose myself in. In fact, the older I get, the more I realize how lo- how I lose bits of me each day and how much more of myself I find under those lost pieces. There really is this ever-shedding happening in my life where I am constantly and consistently shedding, growing, Dying, rebirthing. This last year especially has been critical in that shedding process. On this day last year, I was in Nashville, Tennessee at my friend's house. 
She threw me a birthday party with some of my most special Nashville friends. We ate cake, drank yummy wine, skinny dipped, laughed, cried, and even cuddled until we fell asleep. One of my most vivid moments of that night was when I was sitting in the hot tub, staring at the glowing stars. And for the first time in a very long time, I witnessed a shooting star. And I was elated, (laughs) to say the least. Both on my 26 candles and on the shooting star, I made the same wish. I wished for epic love. At the time I made this wish, I imagined a divine partnership. Epic love with a lover who showed up and laughed with me, cooked with me, and lived this grand existence with me. That's all my heart has ever really ached for, if I'm being honest. But now, as this 26th year is over, I can say that I didn't get that lover. In fact, I kind of received the exact opposite romantically. I received so much beautiful heartbreak and loss. However, as I've spent the last few weeks marinating on this big wish, I've made a gentle discovery. My wish did come true, only not in the way that I imagined and envisioned it to come true. This is the first year in my entire life that I've felt fully held, supported, and epically loved by not one, not two, but countless connections in my life. And while they may not be romantic, these connections are perfect. These friendships are the epitome of pure and unconditional I struggled with belonging for as long as I can remember, and in my 26th year, I settled into a crowd that I know I belong to. I've found people who see me and want to hold me, and want to hold and support all of this life in my bones. My 26th year absolutely gave me epic, and I mean epic, love. As I ruminate on this coming year, I imagine what I want my life to look like on December 5th, 2023. Where do I want to live? What do I want to be doing? Honestly, I I don't quite have the answers to those questions, but I do know one thing. I have a really, really, really good feeling about this year. Something about 27 feels sweet, like salt water. It sounds paradoxical, I know, but there's a tinge of sweetness to the ocean, and that's how I predict this year will feel, like floating on your back in the gentle tide of the ocean. Of course, I fully welcome and recognize that there will be monster waves among the three feet sweet ones that carry me along, big waves that will swallow me up and spit me out on the beach. But I'm not a stranger to the ocean. I'm not afraid of her. 
and I trust my own ability to return to that resting place because I know that it, it will always be there. I am not much of one to boast about myself, but I do consider myself to be exceptionally self-aware, more often than not. I'm still human, and there are some many, many unconscious patterns and and actions that do take place. But the self-awareness is a hypervigilance I've developed over the year as a way of protecting myself and others from what I consider to be necessary harm. I try my absolute hardest to be conscious, gentle, aware, loving, kind, honest, and communicative in every single moment. The self-awareness is something I consider to be a strength of mine, something that always yields rich experiences and profound expansion. And the self-awareness is a symptom of infinite, big and little traumas and moments throughout my life. In this episode, I want to share 27 things I've learned in my 27 years. It sounds silly and maybe overplayed, but also grounding. Grounding in a way that I've had such an opportunity to dig into myself and become introspective. I've been contemplating my life and what each experience has gifted me, because truth be told, Every experience has gifted me the most wonderful nugget of wisdom, of love, and of opportunity. The order of my 27 items isn't seemingly significant, but I do believe there is a divine significance to the way I remembered and expressed this list. I hope you enjoy my 27 nuggets of love. One, everything is temporary. People are really good at leaving. And even if they don't leave, our lives are are not meant to last forever. Feelings are fleeting. Hunger is fleeting. Fatigue is fleeting. Joy is fleeting. Even opportunities and our jobs and the way we look. The one and only constant in this life is change. And when we are attached enough to welcome change, we give room to miracles. Two. If it isn't a fuck yes, it's a no. Three. If it's a no, let it be a firm no. Four, boundaries are different than walls. Boundaries are critical and they are safe. They are not based in fear, they are based in love. Walls are the opposite of boundaries. Walls are based in fear and walls keep out the bad just as much as they keep out the good. We must ask ourselves what purpose our defenses are serving us. If we create walls, we are blocking ourselves from all the light, just as much the shadow. Five. Do the things that scare you most. 
Get out of your comfort zone. There is freedom in embarrassment. My therapist a while back, this was probably probably about a year ago now, asked, asked me, what are you afraid of? And I told her. And her one and only response was, do that. And I have started doing that. I've actually started creating a list of things that scare me most. And those are at the top of my to-do list every day. I find the concept of being embarrassed humbling, although I still do struggle with resistance to doing things that, that feel embarrassing. But there is no better feeling than allowing yourself to just be, even if other people reject it. I recently heard of something called rejection therapy, which is basically you do something silly like take a yoga mat and go in front of a restaurant and just lay on a yoga mat in front of a restaurant. And you basically expose yourself to a situation where there will be utmost maximum rejection and you allow it and you welcome it. And basically the thought behind this is it desensitizes you to rejection. Rejection tends to be something that holds us back from pursuing our deepest, truest, most powerful passions. What better way to combat that than to face it head on? And maybe not exposing yourself to rejection in this way is perfectly beneficial for everyone. But how can you allow yourself to love yourself through even the smallest doses of rejection from others? Take note of what scares you. Ask yourself, why does this scare me? And then go after it. Number six, drink more water. I am terrible at drinking water. I despise it. I love being in water. I love swimming. All of the things. But drinking water is hell. But as I get older and I am more conscious of my body, I've learned how important it is to nurture my body by hydrating her. And she's thirsty. So drink more water. My trick is I carry this cute little Owala water bottle around that has a straw and like a cup function. And it's perfect. I sip water throughout the day and I feel better because of that. Number seven, let yourself cry. Don't hold back and repress your emotions. Allow yourself to release the tears. Eight, there is no such thing as over-communicating. 
And if someone tells you that you are over-communicating, I'm not going to tell you to cut them off, but perhaps the boundaries of that relationship need to be redefined. Nine. Honesty is everything with yourself and others. 10. Consistency is the key to seeing results. Showing up over and over and over again is what is going to get you where you want to go. 11. Your appearance is the least important and least sustainable quality about you. 12. Every single thing happens in divine timing. I have proof of this in my own life, and I can almost guarantee that if you were to take the time to map out your entire life from a timing perspective, even if it may not feel like it in the moment, even the hardest things, everything happens. It's perfectly timed. 13. It's what you do, not what you say you'll do. 14. Life is so much sweeter when you regulate your nervous system and get out of fight or flight mode. Fight or flight mode is when we live in a state of prolonged high alert and high stress. Living in fight or flight means that we are operating from an activated and sympathetic nervous system due to a posed threat. A posed threat is anything that causes any semblance of stress. Even something as small as thinking about work the next day can trigger our sympathetic nervous system. Oftentimes, for many of us, we get stuck in this stress state, which causes chronic stress in our body and mind, which has endless repercussions. Living in fight-or-flight mode causes exhaustion, extreme fatigue, slows down the metabolism, decreases the immune system, and so many other crippling symptoms. I'll be recording an entire episode dedicated to this soon. 15. There is infinite opportunity in the unknown. Trust in the things that you don't know. Trust in the future. 16. Forgiveness is freeing. One of my very first tattoos actually is the word forgive on my right wrist. I got this for many reasons, but the main one being that forgiveness has been the most freeing practice that I have learned. It's funny because I know so many people who hold grudges or hold resentment towards people who may have hurt them. And I can see the way this resentment and these grudges weigh down bits of them 
Even if they aren't aware of that and even if they won't admit it, I can see it. I can witness it. Forgiveness is the key to unlock those chains. 17. Overprepare, then go with the flow. Allow life to surprise you. I've always said, plan really hard, really well, but when you show up, throw it out the window. Because life is not going to go according to plan, but at least you will have some semblance of direction. Just be willing to readjust according to how life shows up. 18. Romanticize life. And I mean every aspect of life. Romanticize your breakfast in the, mor- in the morning. Romanticize getting out of bed. Romanticize using the bathroom. Romanticize everything. By romanticizing life, we are connecting to the joy, connecting to the present, and choosing peace moment to moment in the small things. 19. Soul connections and friendships are real. Find your people. If your friendships don't feel like soul connections, if they leave you feeling drained or hungry for something, something more, expose yourself to the kind of people you want to be friends with. Create those connections. 20. Big, shout-from-the-rooftops kind of love is real. Saddling for anything less is a disservice to others and to self. Believe in love. Believe in the big, big, shout-from-the-rooftops kind of love. Because it does exist. 21. We are allowed to change, grow, expand, and become something new at any and every given moment of our choosing. 22. There's a lot of truth in astrology, Enneagram studies, and all the other interesting personality concepts and occult studies. Use them lightly, but use them. I personally am fueled by knowing things about myself. I love making new discoveries that may tell me more about who I am. It's part of my Sagittarian energy, but also feels like a puzzle I'm dedicating my life to. Except I am the subject of this puzzle. 23. 1% improvement every day is more powerful and sustainable than large sums of goal-reaching over a short period of time. I learned this in the Atomic Habits book. I highly recommend reading that. 24. The voice in our head isn't us. That is our mind. Our thoughts are our mind. We 
You and I are the observer of this voice. This was also another finding I learned from a book. Read The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer for more information about this. 25. Everything is energy. Everything emits a frequency. Knowing what you are emitting and absorbing is critical for your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. This ties into energy work and the chakras. The chakras are defined as the seven most concentrated energy centers in our bodies that tie into every aspect of our lives. I will also be doing a podcast episode about this very soon. 26. Everything in the external world is a mirror. Notice what and who triggers you and what they trigger inside of you. Are you intimidated, annoyed, jealous, angry? Dig. These emotions are all arrows to what inside of us needs our love. And finally, number 27. Nature is the best medicine. The earth grounds us. The water cleanses us. Air is our breath. Fire ignites us, energizes us, and enlightens us. And space expands us. If you are sick, if you are sad, if you are angry, find your way back to Mother Earth and back to nature. If you want to ground down, walk barefoot and hug trees, if you want to be cleansed, go swimming and hydrate and watch water fountains. If you are feeling like you can't breathe, practice breath work. If you need to be energized and enlightened, light a fire, go in a sauna, expose yourself to heat, dance and move. And if you need expansion, Go inside of yourself. Become introspective. Sit in meditation, preferably outside, and extend yourself to the infinite realms. If I'm being honest, I could go on and on infinitely with a list of things I've learned in this lifetime. And these 27 are... They're not quite the most important things I've learned, but they are the most relevant in my life currently, and they feel the most necessary to share. I don't know what will be number 28 next year. I don't know what lessons this next year has in store. I imagine there will be heartbreak, and there will be grief, and there will be joy, and sadness, and anger. And I do welcome it all. But with the way that I'm ending this year, I I can already feel the ascension. I can feel the 
deepening connection to myself. This is the first time in my life that when I look in the mirror, I like what I see. I love the woman that I am. I love the human that I am becoming. I'm excited. I'm excited to live in her body another year. I'm excited to continue accumulating wrinkles and growing gray hairs. Because for those of you who don't know, I have a head full of gray hairs already. And we're just going to call those my little trophies of wisdom. I don't know what this next year will hold, but I do know that I'm ready for it. And I'm excited. And I have some really fun updates for you guys, but I'm going to save that for my little update episode that I'll be recording very, very soon. For those of you who have yet again taken the time to listen to my voice and to show up for me and to show up for yourself, thank you. This is a really special episode to me. My birthday is a big day. It's important. I wish you only love I wish you ease and gentleness and grace. I'm looking forward to this journey with you. And I'm looking forward to unraveling, (laughs) unraveling before your eyes. All my love. Salam.